And I'll get you to open your Bibles at Hebrews chapter 12, 25 to 28. The unprecedented shakings of the heaven and the earth. I want to give you some context to what is beginning to happen on planet earth. So we've seen shaking before, haven't we? And we've seen nothing, we've seen, uh, nothing like this to date. Uh, this is unprecedented. And going back earlier this year, we picked up on the word about an unprecedented move is coming, you know, into the church and in the nation. I can't remember exactly when it was, but, you know, since the bushfires happened, we've had, uh, you know, the word was unprecedented drought, unprecedented rain, uh, sorry, fire. And then uh, we've had a whole lot of other pre unprecedented things happen, unprecedented um, you know, claims with insurance companies. And now the virus that is beginning to spread in the nations is unprecedented. And it's resulted to a whole lot of unprecedented things. Now, I believe if you go back and listen to that word, it was before everything broke out and it'll give you a lot of insight into what's happening, I believe. Because uh, I want you to know this, that God is in control. And, uh, you know, that we need to be positioned to give our friends and our community reason for our hope. Because most people are terrified. Uh, I suspect that is why people are buying so much toilet paper. I can't think of any other good reason. I also want to say that my message has been powerfully impacted by my spiritual father, Dr. Jonathan David. And... Uh, you know, uh, when we were over in School of the Spirit last year, he and Pastor Bakari both spoke about the shaking. Because right through the globe, prior to leading up to, uh, to the School of the Spirit, a, a number of our pastors in the nations, many, many, have been shaken in different ways. And, you know, you know us and you know what's been happening here that as we've begun to stand up and take our place in the city, your position, you know, and your life can become shaken. And right now, the nations are being shaken. But let me talk about this word unprecedented for a moment, because it just means never seen before. I mean, who ever thought that all the Catholic churches in the state would be shut down? I mean, this is really unprecedented. And I want to tell you why, because there is an unprecedented move of God that is going to happen. You know, in the back there, I can't remember what date it was, but it, was, it got to 43 degrees or something, and the sprinkler went off up there. That was never supposed to happen. And when the engineer came in, and you know, this sprinkler dumped literally thousands of litres of water on the floor, and... Uh, the engineer, when he got up there, he said, in my 40 years of doing fire engineering, he said, I've never seen anything like this happen. This is unprecedented. He was either telling the truth or telling us some porkies. I would suggest that, you know, God was speaking to us through the mouth of the engineer. And this is what the Bible says about this. Because, you know, uh, some people are going to experience unprecedented bad times in the future. They already are. Like the mortgage stress on people 
and the consumer debt stress on people was very high before any of this happened and causing the banks to pull back their interest rates. Unprecedented. Now, this is what the scripture says. You know, even in unprecedented times, I want to say this is our time. And we're going to have unprecedented opportunities. We went out to uh, dinner in Melbourne last week at one of my favourite places, Degani's. And I went to the owner of it, Arthur, and I said to him, his name's Joe. I didn't know it was Joe then, I know it's Joe now. But I said, hey, how's business? And he said, down 50% for the last three weeks. He said, it's unprecedented. And I said to him, I said, do you believe? And he said, I believe in me. And I said, I believe in Jesus. And he smiled. And I said, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray that God blesses you and brings you through this. And he was so open. Now, it's just one little story of the opportunities are out there. And we need to be ready to give a hope or or a a reason for the hope that we share. 1 Corinthians 2.9 talks about this season, I believe. It says, I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for him, those that love him. Now, this is what it's like. Churches are getting shut down everywhere. And I tell you, this is going to hit into the mega mega church environment. It's going to hit. Everything is going to change. I want to say to you, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to comfort you. Everything is going to change. It is not going to be business as usual. When, uh, because, you know, I believe this virus will just blow over and uh, be gone, but the impact of it is not going to. The world is becoming very quickly a different place. You go back to September the 11th, when the towers came down, the world began to change at an incredible rate. It has never been the same. And we have a whole lot of different influences. And this is the future. But God has got a plan. It's obvious that before you have an unprecedented move, you must have an unprecedented shaking. I mean, what is the other reason that people would begin to come and find God? History reflects this. That when the nations turned their hearts against God, particularly the nation of Israel, when it began to turn its heart against God, God would bring it to the place where there was great shaking in the land. And the cycle of restoration would begin at that point. The typical example we use is the example, or or one example is the example of Solomon, who dedicated the house. And, and, uh, you know, the glory of God was there. and And he even prayed and he said, God, remind me that when the heavens are shut, that I need to turn my heart back to you. How could you possibly, from a position of knowing the glory of God like that, begin to open your life up to stuff that was going to bring the nation into decline? 
The compromise, the high point of the nation started right there, but the compromise in the nation also started there. And Solomon's compromise began a a cycle of many kings until it came to a very wicked king by the name of Ahab. And Ahab married a Phoenician princess who opened that nation up to all sorts of reprobate behaviour as the nation came under control of witchcraft and uh, the most dreadful immorality. And there, in that time, God has a people in the background. And the nation is going down, but they're not. They have held on to their, their moral integrity. They have held on to their spiritual foundations. And one of these men's is Elijah. And at the word of Elijah, the nations began to change. There's an unprecedented shaking of the heavens and the earth right now. I believe that the earth is being shaken, every nation. But not only that, I believe the heavens are being shaken. And you can find it in the New Testament. If you look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 to 28, it says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. God's got his ways of speaking to us. He can speak through our wife. He can speak through our children. He can speak through people who are obviously prophetic. He can even speak to us through a donkey if he wants. But here it says, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. This is to the church. It says this, in the New Testament, when you talk about shaking, there was a, I'm in an online forum and last night I was online with a group of pastors and leaders across the nation who were really good people. And uh, they did not like the concept of shaking because it reflected judgment. Anyhow, I put the outline of my message and the discussion went deadly quiet until one person, an orthodox Russian pastor said, this is the word of God. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they did not escape, who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also heaven. The heavens are being shaken. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Read over it. This is really interesting. It says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, 
Let us have grace by which we serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. This is a New Testament writing. Right now, it seems like the nations are being confronted. And as I said before, it was building before this, uh, and certainly in SOS. I had a dream while I was over there. It's a funny dream. I was in a big, like a, a cathedral. And I was dressed in, I was dressed in uh, like, like uh, chain mail with a sword in my hand. This is a dream I had. And I was standing in the house of God, all ready for war. I had all the gear on. Now, this is a funny dream because then I looked at my undergarments and I had a track suit on. And the Lord spoke and said, this is no dress rehearsal. And the message the next day from Pastor Bakari was, this is no dress rehearsal. Sorry, guys, it's not a dress rehearsal. You know, our nation has drifted from God. And this is how it happened. I was saying to our visitors last night that post-war, World War II, the nation was in church. The nation was living under God. The nation was blessing Israel. The nation was prosperous. Even the secular schools opened the day in prayer. But somebody got a bright idea is that you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. It is true. I still hear people say it. But the minute you step away from that commitment to the house of the Lord, your decline has started there. I saw it happen because it happened to my brothers. Love them. You know, but they stepped away. They allowed compromise. It was like Solomon in the day who opened up the nation to ungodly women. I think he had 700 wives, concubines or something like that. Now that's a mob. I mean, I've got one wife. Thank you, Jesus, that'll do me. <laughs> She's a good one. You don't need any more than that. But this is where he opened up. But do you know, the compromise that he started ended with Jezebel coming into the nation. And all the Phoenician gods she brought with her. What is this shaking all about? Number one, he is calling every nation to return to him. Now, God is not going to do a half-measured job about this. Because even though I've been a pastor for over 30 years, often I've got to return to God. He is declaring to men and women everywhere that they must return to him. Do you know what? Everybody in the city knows. They all know they need to return to him. And, and you know, will, this shaking will continue until all of them know they must return to the house of God. 
He is calling every nation to return to him. We need to do it first, obviously. And one of the things that, you know, comes out of this is that we must serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I wanted to raise that because I believe one of the biggest problems with the church in our nation is the lack of godly fear. We don't believe that God can really turn our lives on our head. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now, I'll tell you how you know if somebody's got godly fear. They are looking for the instructions of God more than anything else. By the way, Dr. Jonathan David preached this message at SOS and he preached it again last night. He's calling every nation to return to him because at the end of the age, every nation is going to be judged to be a goat nation or a sheep nation by God. And the only ones who can decide the destiny of the nation is the church. But the church has drifted because we had a plebiscite and the church was silent. We had abortion and the church was silent. You know, and even in our own region, a pastor and his wife broke up because he believed in traditional marriage. She believed in same-sex marriage. You know, if you can't find the answer in the house of God, where on earth are you going to find it? We must return to him with godly fear. You know, and that's why I said to Mark, hey, watch the old patterns because, you know, when you're living out of a realm that you, you know, you just think you might get away with things. Not saying this about him, but... This is how we live. Just get away with it. Then there is no godly fear. We must fear God because he is the only one who can shut us down. So rather than run from him, we need to run to him. I would say it, this generation has no fear. In fact, my teachings on purity before marriage are condemned as radical. He's calling every nation to return to him. Number two, God will shake the nations until every person will repent and be saved. The nations are in disarray. As I said before, they can't handle a virus, a little unseen bug in the air. The catch when somebody spits on you or hugs you or whatever. They can't find solutions to problems. You know, the reason for all the problems of fires, the weather, the 
ungodliness, the corruption, is the people who are leading. So God's waiting for a new generation to come up that are driven by godly fear. Can you imagine having, uh, you know, a quarter of your parliament that was driven with godly fear? You know, we are in this incredible era where anything goes and anything goes in church. This is intense because God's calling us back. He wants us back. He wants us to be repent and saved. Anything goes. I saw a wonderful offer on Facebook that one of the most popular Australian porn groups are offering free subscription to help terrorise people get through their pain. This is true. Maybe there are people in the church that have got pornography addictions or subscriptions. We've got to return to God and repent. And, you know, not play with the fire because, you know, as Dr. Jonathan said when we're here, a hurting church can't heal a, a, a broken world. We've got to allow the change to happen here. Anything goes. God is going to confront to the nations until every person will repent and be saved. Now, of course, you know, that's conditional on the response that people are going to make. Some people are so hardened that if Jesus turned up in front of them, their decision is already made, their heart is already set. But the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish and that all should come to eternal life. So when we go to people, you know, to invite them to church, to share our faith, one, we need to pick up that mandate because this is the time. We're going to have an unprecedented move. But we've got a message for them. Number three, the nations will be shaken until we truly live our lives under his lordship. Verse 28 Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The scripture actually says only those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You know, if you've come to church and you've never ever called on the name of the Lord you are not saved. When did you call on the name of the Lord and said, God, I need you. I need you to sort me out. I need you to turn me around. I need salvation. If you didn't do that, today's your day. Not trying to scare you. I just believe this. It's in the Bible. Romans 10.9, if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. When Peter made his speech, they said, how can we be saved? And he said, you must be saved from the perversity of this generation. How do you do it? You repent. 
This is the point. Every person must repent. Hey, what's repentance? There's this stuff in my life that I'm doing and it's outside of the will of God. This is how you live your life, young people. Don't get caught up in what the world teaches you and says is right and approves. Don't get caught up there. Don't go down that pathway. Leads to death. Follow God. Follow God. Follow. Next, next thing, follow your mum and dad. But if they're not going to church, follow God. Because sometimes, you know, parents can be the enemy of their children's faith. I'm not trying to hit you this morning. I'm trying to get you to where God wants you. So the shaking is going to continue. I mean the virus will go mid-April. Be all different. With a few outbreaks here and there. But the world has changed. The powers that be just proved that they can shut down every airline in the globe at the snap of a figure. They can shut down the church. That's the church of men. But the church of the living God will never be shut down. It might meet in the homes, in the workplaces. But the church of the living God will never be shut down. Whatever happens on the circumstance, you know a lot of Christians are going to be really shaken because they thought their church couldn't be shaken. I tell you, next, day, next door, next week, you don't know what's coming because it's unprecedented. And I'm ready. I'm ready for any surprise. I think. I mean, I had a dr- No, Corey had a dream a little while ago. And I thought, oh, that's a radical dream. And then Pastor Graham independently had exactly the same vision. And I thought, whoa. Do you know what? There is an unprecedented move of God coming that is an unstoppable move. But before it, the unshakable or the unprecedented shaking will continue. Amen. I reckon that's why it's going to be really good to have this KGB gentleman here on Wednesday night. Man's really good listening to him. Only those that call on the name will be saved. Calling yourself a Christian is not what is required. Our lives, our work, our families, we must do things his way. That's not bad advice, is it? Now, what do we do? We're all going to blow it. We're all going to make a mess of it, probably by the end of the day. So this is not about perfection, but learning to do things his way. Do you know why God is shaking the nation? He wants you to do it his way. Now, the stronger you are as a person, you'll want to do it your way. Because do you know why? Your way works. 
Well, it did in 2019. And now God just moved the goalposts. So this is unprecedented. So, so remember this. This, I, this is why I put my spiritual father's name on this message. And I know part two is coming next week. And do you know what? I know it's all right. Because God's got great plans for you. He's got awesome plans for you. In fact, he says, I hasn't seen, nor has entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for you, if you love him. So God's got good things. He's got the right husband for you there. You know? But it's sort of funny because, you know, you can get so desperate about that thing and all tangled up about it and end up with the wrong person. And that's a problem. It's trusting God, living under his lordship. We got this message early and we just started to pray every day. God, lead us to exactly where you want us. I sort of had more, you know, Mega church in the Gold Coast, something like that would have been nice. <laughs> but he had little old sail. And I'll tell you how he told it. One day we're just driving into sail, never been here before. We sat over the road. And he said, I said to Lynn, one day there's going to be a church in that building. If that isn't a confirmation, I will go he. That is very rare. Then God started to move from that day. Unprecedented. Unprecedented moves. Unprecedented shakings. Unprecedented opportunity. Unprecedented prayer movement will precede unprecedented moves of God. Unprecedented commitment to the house of God. Unprecedented revelations that flow in the house of God. I tell you, where this is not present, the enemy can come and just shut down that work for good. Doesn't mean the people in there are bad. It means they're not listening. If you go back to the verse, it says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape, who refused him who spoke to the earth? How much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven? In other words, when God speaks and we can't hear because there are other overruling factors, then we get sidelined. So what God's doing this time, he is shaking the church so that you will listen. Where's John? I'll do this. Do this because he's my son. Have you ever gone as a dad to kids, listen have I ever done that to you? I have not. <laughs> Listen! That is what God's doing to the church right now. He loves you. But it's like this thing in us can't listen. And the church in Australia, where did I put that? Down there, lost my... This is what's happening. You won't hear too, this message in too many churches this Sunday morning. I'll tell you why. 
They're closed. <laughs> He'll shake the nations until you hear his voice. Now, this is tricky. The newspaper is shouting. The education system is shouting. The lobby groups are shouting. My own mind shouting. My emotions are shouting. My personal needs are shouting. But God is like a whisper. And you've got to still yourself before you can hear him. Even in the midst of this message, your mind is racing all over the place as we're talking about this. So God's going to shake the nations until his people are hearing him. Number five, he is going to shake the nations until the government of God manifests. He's going to shake the nations until the government of God. It's amazing, you know, the nations have been shaking. You know, around the Pacific Islands, they've been shaking. And there's power struggles that are going on, but all of a sudden we've got a Christian prime minister. Solomon's, Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu, I believe, or Samoa, God's moving in the nations. But the government has got to come out of the church. Unto us a son is born, a child is given. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government, there will be no end. Do you know what? God is shaking the nations because he does not like the government. He does not like the government we're getting. Even in the National Party and the Liberal Party and the Republican Party and every other party. God's shaken the nations. And this is where the government needs to be set right on the inside of us. In the home is where we learn government. And if we can bring our life under God's government, there's order and there's peace. But there is contest for government because those that are evil want government. Even some men in high places have a lot to gain through what is going on in the nations today. So you can read between the lines. But God is in control. You know... God put examples in the scripture. It's where I talk to our young people about the Daniels and the Elijahs and the Josephs. 
the government was set on the inside of Joseph, where when, um, uh, you know, uh, he was seduced, the government on the inside of him was set so strong. He was prepared to go to prison. Are we prepared to go there? So you've got to learn government. And you learn it in the family, but it's very hard to learn there where the government is not properly established between mum and dad. So when it hasn't worked well, you've got to find somewhere where you can live and relate under the government of God. Do you know what? Lynn and myself are co-leaders in our, in our home. You know, it says in the Bible, wives, obey your husbands. It says that, doesn't it? Yeah. I've only read that a couple of times because I can't get over the first bit yet. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. It's the foundation for godly government in the home. It's a partnership. The two are one. We've got to sort this out together. She is not my slave. We're one flesh. We're one mind. We're one spirit. And we have an occasional disagreement. And it's good when we do. <laughs> So it's all good, isn't it? So government's got to be set. And in our marriage, we need to come to that place of humility where there's no conflict, there's no contradiction. We'll talk about that some more next week. Do you know what? I really believe for all of us, it's time to revisit our marriage. For those that are married, to revisit it and and. See if we really stack up. Because one of the greatest proofs to the world out there that this church is for real is supernatural marriages. So God's going to shake families. He then shakes those he loves. I've been shaken. Until the government of God manifests. If you go back... Before these verses, you'll read from verse 18 about Zion. And Zion is like the last day's church. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an unnumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heavens, to God the judge of all, to all the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. Can you see the government? Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. That's the pattern. I just want to put this out there. I believe we're right at the end of the church age. This is the last 
of the last days of the church age. And the kingdom age is about ready to come. And we have a king, and his name is Jesus. These are great days. The key to success ultimately is changing what needs to be changed. And particularly this, listening. Listening for what God is saying to you, to us. Great days are here. In Jesus' name. Do you want to pray? Stand up and we'll pray.